0: Hello and welcome to Conference Catch-Up, brought to you by Rural Health Pro. This week we're coming to you live from Rural Health Month in Coogee, where over 700 Rural Health professionals are attending over 20 events. But before we start, we acknowledge the traditional custodians on the lands in which we work and live. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Conference Catch-Up is produced by Rural Health Pro. For more information, visit ruralhealthpro.org. That's ruralhealthpro.org. And in the meantime, please like, follow and share. The information provided in this podcast is of a general educational nature only. The views expressed are those of the presenters and not necessarily Rural Health Pro. Susie Teagan, thanks for joining us on Conference Catch-Up. You're the CEO of the National Rural Health Alliance and you've been uh, a participant and and speaker at the Leaders Conference. How's it gone today?
1: I think really well. I mean, the the thing that I find every time you attend a conference or an event is that there's some really passionate people out there and they are, you know, they, they have fantastic ideas and it always makes me a little bit sad too because I think, why are these ideas not funded? Why are these ideas that actually would make a huge difference to community not considered because they don't fit into a box?
0: And what, what are some of the standout things you've seen today that you thought uh, really resonated with you and the, the sort of messaging that you know, your organisation's been leading on?
1: Oh, it's probably workforce really uh, for us. Workforce is an enormous issue because uh, our stakeholders or our members work across the whole of the patient journey. So they're different clinicians, medical, allied health, psychologist, you know, doctors, paramedics, dentist. And it's really about workforce and what are the short, medium and long-term initiatives that really are now crucial um, for any sort of change. We need to take off the Band-Aid and we also need to actually look at those strategies for the whole of clinician journey. So from the day that they're at school, is there a way of actually, you know, raising the profile of a health or medical or whatever career and then how can we support people all the way through their career tra- trajectory and, you know, if, if you're looking at when you first start university, it's more about can we, you know, reduce hex or or get rid of it if they're rural students and they are training in rural. Um, or is it shouldn't we just support the people that are already on the ground because if we don't they'll leave i mean we seem to not blink an eyelid flying people in at great expense and i'm not saying that they these um, people that fly in are not useful and helpful and needed but what i'm saying is that we actually need to say that's enough it's going to be a component of the way we deliver care but it's not almost all of it. Um, You know, we've now got 65% of um, our GPs in rural uh, are international medical graduates. They have been a godsend, but uh, most of them don't want to stay. So you've got a, a revolving door. The same thing is happening with allied health, with nursing, with all the other professions. And you know we're not stupid like we know it's not working so why is it that we can't change it
0: and and it's sort of like a, a catch-22 um, the, the more you say there's a crisis here there, or there's a big issue here it's the worst we've seen it I mean I've heard comments to say that you know the the rural doctors uh, network was formed uh, because of a doctor's strike because of the, the a GP strike rural doctors strike because Things were so bad, uh, and some of those original doctors who started that saying, "Well, today is actually worse than it was when we went on strike." Exactly. Um, so when people hear that, they think, "Well, well why do I want to want a career to going out rural?" And so it's a catch twenty two for us, isn't it? As well. Well,
1: we used to have about um, we used to have more than fifty percent of people who wanted to go into general practice in general, not just rural, um, and the projections over the next few years is going to be 15 percent one five percent now um you know if you look at it in economic terms uh, it tells me that the markets failed because why do people not want to go in it it's a supply and demand thing people don't want to go in it because they don't feel like they're being looked after or they're they're working in a good environment well what are we doing to make some of those changes but it's not um, rural generalist specific, it is going across all the professions. And, you know, we know from research that if we pick students of any profession, really, if we pick um, a child from a school, at a, a secondary school from rural, and they've had a primary rural education as well, they're exponentially more likely to stay or want to you know, work in rural. If they then go to a university, and it couldn't, could be any profession, they're seven times more likely to stay if they go to a rural university. So the evidence is there. Um, I think the willingness to make a change to be different from an urban system um, is not necessarily there. I mean, we do have a health minister that has promised lots of changes. There are so many reviews and reforms. People are exhausted and they've had enough. Um, We're working with some communities at the moment that said, you know what, we're not even going to put in applications for grants or anything else because we can't be bothered. Either we won't get it or B, our model does not fit into the the urban um, application process. And on top of that, we're already overworked. You know, there's an underspend. Why are we not being given that money? Why are we being asked to, you know, jump through these hoops to get there? So I guess the thing is um, I'm, you know, positively looking forward to some of the changes that I think the minister might be willing to um, make, uh, but it shouldn't be um, – it should be above what has been done recently with Medicare, and that goes across all the professions that can um, access Medicare. It should be done on a population health needs basis, and it should also be done looking at what services exist. And then you will see why there's a $6.55 billion underspend per annum for rural healthcare um, and why the average rural person out of those 7 million people that live in rural Australia are receiving $850 less healthcare services, I say, let's cash out. Let's give it to those communities. I mean, if they're not getting the services and they've paid their tax and they've paid their Medicare levy and they're having to raise funds for the RFDS, for example, RFDS is 50% funded by community. Why are they having to pay twice, three times, four times, five times to get a service that they're all eligible for as an Australian?
0: Or not get the service at all.
1: Or not get the service at all. And it's it's a really big question. And, and I think we have a social contract to, you know, to allow communities to come up with better solutions if we can't come up with them in the city. And, um, you know, I just think 7 million people are not able to access the services. Now, if that happened in a place like, you know, eastern suburbs of New South Wales or Melbourne or Adelaide or, you know, the southern suburbs of Canberra, you would have people standing at Parliament House.
0: So how important is it for, given all that in mind, that, a conference like this, we've got the health leaders next door the GPS, you've got nurses, we have Allied health yesterday, we've got students. so but all with one dedication, rural, to be there and and share their stories and realize that this is something that you know not just one part of that health system, needs to try and fix and advocate for it. It's a whole of health system to yeah.
1: advocate. I mean, it's 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 crucial because in rural, remote and regional Australia, those people already work together. You know, often you hear statements about, oh, rural communities must be more resilient. Well, they've gone through droughts, floods, COVID uh, and uh, fires. They already know how to work together. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, um, you know the the ability to be able to plan and work together through conferences like this one, is really important because most of the discussions, despite the fact that there's some really great meetings and presentations, most of the discussions and planning goes on when they're standing next to the water cooler or the coffee machine or the food tray, you know. And, um, you know, being provided that uh, ability is, is crucial to people. And I really liked your name tags because um, on the Rural Health Month, Rural health pro name tags. It says your name, and then it says where you come from. It doesn't tell people what organisation you're from. It actually tells you, oh well, I'm come from the southeast of South Australia, or I come from Alice Springs, or I come from Minterby, um, and you know that that is what binds people because they go, well, actually, that person would understand what I'm talking about. You know, one of the speakers um, was speaking about. Um, uh, social prescribing, and how communities were getting together just post COVID, and having cooking classes online, and um, you know they were they were only using four or five ingredients, and and the the women were speaking about life in general. Um, it wasn't about dieting, but actually they were being taught good eating, and they're mainly diabetes people, um, people with diabetes, I mean, and, um, you know, there was an opportunity for people to speak about having health checks and all sorts of other things. Now, that's not funded, you know, but but, but that is a good health model because many people in rural communities in particular with, um, you know, with farms consolidating and being bought out. There are further distances between, um, you know, properties um, with industry uh, changing, you know, and people are lonely, and so it's not just, um, you know, an opportunity to hear about health or to discuss health, but to cook and to hear about things that we should be looking at, and also thinking, hey, I've got some people in my community that I can speak with. I might not see them every day, but. You know, we had some fun, and and you know that's a really important, um, reasonably priced way of bringing people along and 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 dealing with some of those social and um, health determinants.
0: Yeah, and it's very much the health is the whole person, and that whole person is. How they live, where they live, and Absolutely. the community that they're in as well. so yeah, it's a message that we've we heard actually throughout have you? Yes, it was very uh, Donna Murray from uh, Iha uh, spoke about that yesterday in in her presentation, uh, especially about uh, uh, the Aboriginal people and Aboriginal health, but the whole person. so that's, yes, that's, and the barbecues
1: of people yeah. sitting together and actually. Being able to talk about different issues, and the good thing is, is over the years, the stigma attached to, um, you know, disability, attached to, um, you know, depression and mental health issues, the stigma attached to being, um, you know, either gay or or on the on the spectrum of different, you know, sexual preferences, um, is more. Like it's more open now. And so even if you have a barbecue, you should be able to speak about them. Unfortunately, the barbecues aren't always happening, you know. And so we need to re-look at the way we can deliver it and then fund it.
0: Yep. Yep. But also talk about it, and and that's what these conferences are about. So thank you very much for sharing your thoughts, and thank you for participating, and as a as a panelist and a speaker uh, at the leaders conference today. So thank you, Susie, for, for joining us.
1: Thank you, and thank you to Rural Health Pro.
0: Conference catch up is brought to you by Rural Health Pro. If you care about rural Australia and keeping them healthy, then Rural Health Pro is your community. The Rural Health Pro platform and app connects health professionals with colleagues, organisations, training, scholarships, and career opportunities to help them thrive. It's free and it's easy to join. Just visit ruralhealthpro.org. That's ruralhealthpro.org today.